It is October 3rd, Saturday, the second day where we are hearing ad nauseum about the President of the United States being hospitalized. I imagine tomorrow for church, everyone will be hearing about the need to pray for the President. People who have been insulted and ridiculed by Trump are now submitting comments about caring for his welfare. I fail to see where he is so special, as this virus has afflicted so many and caused so much death and tragedy across the United States. Trump's denial and inattentiveness about the virus, his failure to provide wise advice to encourage us to slow down and sacrifice in an optimal way, to forget about the stock market for a day or two, has caused a terrible toll across this country. He is nasty, crude, dishonest, and totally self-absorbed and self-serving. Can any of you really rebut me on this? He is a coarse bully. So I have better things to do than to pray for him. If he dies, he will join Herman Cain in the afterlife, wherever that may happen to be. It is a nice fall day today, so it appears possible that church can be held outdoors on Sunday. The time for outdoor services will be ending soon. And can churches dare resume any kind of indoor services? The council president of First Lutheran and Morris says the council has resolved to reopen the church for inside Sunday services on November 1st. I interpreted the statement to mean it's definitely on. Ah, but our council president is a lawyer, <laughs> a master with weaving words and hedging things. I remember the movie Lincoln, in which the president is derided by someone who says he's merely using a lawyer's dodge. Well, I say this in a rather teasing, friendly way, and I will disclose that our council president is Bob Dolliger. He emphasizes all the best safe practices, and this should go without saying. The problem is that the people who attend church tend to be up in years. Yes, yours truly is age 65. The problems with Trump and others at present indicate the virus is hardly fading. If church was not practical in April and May, I feel it will be a hard sell in November. However, our resolve or determination may be due to how we are so fed up with the shutdown or slowdown circumstances. And yes, I understand the exasperation. The COVID, 
is most definitely present in Stevens County. And the common belief out there is that another church in the area has been responsible for an increased threat. How ironic that any church might be a cause of worsening risk. This church has members highly devoted to Trump and to Republicans in general. What about the online services? In theory, they are helpful, but it is doubtful the public will embrace these as a long-term substitute. The novelty wears off. And if you seek spiritual enrichment this way, there is no end to your online options. You don't have to call up the service of your own local church. The purpose of your local church is to provide fellowship to allow you to see the nice familiar faces each week. We are getting downright lonely, isolated, and the long winter lies ahead of us. Pray for Trump? Why? What he needs is visits from the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future on Christmas Eve. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I have in front of me here some writing by Elizabeth Eaton, presiding bishop of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Here is a paragraph from what she has in the Living Lutheran magazine. Something new is emerging. The world is changing. We will not be able to return to the world of the pre-COVID days. Change brings loss. Loss brings grief. Yes, we believe in the resurrection, that God brings life out of death, something new out of the old. But it can be painful, especially when we're in the middle of it and can't see clearly how it will all turn out. End of quoted materials. Yes, it, it, uh, it is quite foreboding how it will all turn out. We, we can't possibly know. Amazing. Saturday, October 3rd, in the ELCA Lutheran Devotional. The headline is Missing the Point. The police answered, never has anyone spoken like this. That's verse 46 from John 7. Continuing. Where did Jesus come from? Today's passage highlights a division among the crowds, the temple police, and the religious leaders over Jesus' origins. The arguments began when Jesus announced in Jerusalem, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me. As the scripture has said, Out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. John 7, 37-38 What an amazing declaration! that Jesus came speaking with God's authority. But many of the people didn't believe Jesus. They were hung up on his earthly origins. 
they didn't think the Messiah was supposed to come from Galilee. Jesus offered a true word from God, but they missed it. How often do we, too, get caught up in details and miss the point? Today's passage offers an important reminder to stay focused on what matters. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Jesus is God's Son. His cross and resurrection make the gift of God's grace possible. Don't miss the point. Jesus is the Messiah. Gracious God, keep us focused on what matters. Your love given in your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Prayer Concern, ELCA Prison Ministries. End of quoted material. So, day two, as I said, Trump being at Walter Reed, being administered to, it's doubtful we're getting the most complete information. There's nothing to fear from having the most clear, comprehensive information. I don't think the people around the president are fond of giving all that out, but there is never anything to fear from the truth. Have a good Sunday. Good day.